It's the most wonderful time of the year. Gardener's porn is arriving in the mail almost daily. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to our podcast of December the 12th, 2013. You know, the average person probably thinks that gardens in the Northern Hemisphere are at their most beautiful in June and July, but we gardeners know better. We know that gardens are never more beautiful than in December because that's when our imagination paints them in vivid colors. Thinking ahead, that's right. And um, hopefully my attention-getting statement wasn't shocking to anyone. If, in case you don't know what gardener's porn is, um, it is the made up of the beautiful, lavish seed catalogs that come our way in the mail as we're preparing to order seeds to be planted in spring gardens. So, um, and some of that, some of them are more lavish than others, but even the ones that have, um, instead of photographs of gorgeous vegetables that just contain drawings, the descriptions of the beautiful and tasty fruits and vegetables that you can grow are just mind-boggling, and um, it does allow one's imagination to take flight. <laughs> and this is the time for us to be deciding what we will plant and to be ordering seeds for what we will plant because we've discovered uh, too many times that if you wait until closer to when you need to plant the seeds, you may not have them available. Well, there's usually something available. I mean, there's always something, but I have have come to rely on certain varieties and they may be in short supply if I wait. So right. that that's uh, to avoid disappointment, I try to get my order in early. And of course, this is the time when dreams run free. Um, it's interesting, the garden as we envision it here in December um, doesn't have any pests. The only insects are butterflies and ladybugs. <laughs> right. It doesn't have any diseases. <laughs> Every plant is producing gorgeous, luscious fruit. Uh, it's just a wonderful time for your imagination. And and I have gotten carried away in the past and ordered way too many seeds, spent a lot of money on them, um, and I'm trying to cut back and be a little more realistic. Um, but the fact of the matter is I, um, I do get my hopes up about certain types of vegetables that I will grow in the coming season and... Um, now, I'm to the stage now after living here for four years and gardening, <clears throat> that I have a pretty good idea of what's going to work and what won't work. Catalog companies, the seed companies, know the role that porn plays. So they continue to send the catalogs long after many merchants have stopped worrying about them, knowing that people like you, the farmer-in-chief, <laughs> love to pour over catalogs. That having been said... It is true that increasingly this business is shifting to the Internet. And, and as a matter of fact, my, um, one of my favorite seed uh, companies that I like to order from is Southern Exposure Seed Company. And they had not yet released their 
spring 2014 catalog. And I knew of a couple of things I wanted to go ahead and get, uh, namely those onion seeds, which we will discuss later. So I thought, well, while I'm ordering, I might as well order, you know, if I'm going to have to pay X number of dollars in shipping, I want to maximize that. And I went ahead and ordered several types of seeds that I know I would need. Didn't have a catalog, and I knew I could see online what I needed to. Um, but as you were pointing out, the fun really begins when the catalogs roll in, because that's when I can sit here and mark and dog ear pages and go, oh, I'm going to get that one. And then a couple of times, um, well, more than a couple, often there's an overlap. There are two or three different companies sending me catalogs where they have, offer the same variety of uh, produce or the same variety of plant. And I just have to choose, okay, is this a better deal? You give me X number of seeds for X number of dollars and the shipping costs this, or I have a membership with this one that gives me a discount. You know, I do, I play the, the numbers game to figure out what's the most economical way to do it. And as you are doing that, you are constantly monitoring to see who and who is not in the Monsanto umbrella. Well, that's a whole other issue. And if someone is listening who's um, kind of starting from square one, especially with seed catalogs, but this also applies to just going to your local big box store or farmer's feed store and, and getting seeds, is if you're concerned, as I am, about the increasing... Um, rate at which Monsanto is uh, taking over the seed companies in this country, not just this country, internationally. Um, they are increasingly gaining control and momentum um, in this category. Then you'll want to do your research to find out if this gorgeous seed catalog that you received in the mail is selling, you know, they're somehow affiliated with Monsanto. And it's not an easy one-step process, but what I will tell you, and, and and I'll say that right now my job is easier because I did that research three years ago, and I've become comfortable with several, uh, probably six or seven actually different companies that I routinely order from and um, who vary in their vehemence against Monsanto to, you know, you can open the front page of the catalog and see them railing against GMOs and um, genetically modified um, seeds, or you can, some of them are much quieter about it, but you still, they've taken the safe seed pledge, or you know that they're safe to use, then I've, I've already kind of gone through that process, and I have my stock number, but as I said, if you're starting a, off, <clears throat> an easy thing to do is go online and just Google the name of the company and Monsanto, just paired, you don't even need to say and or versus or anything, just name of the company Monsanto, and you'll see um, whatever there is out there about the relationship, if any. Uh, there are some sites that purport to tell to give you a list of um, safe seeds, or that is companies that sell non-GMO seeds um, and some to avoid. I was frustrated this morning online looking to see that many of those sites have not been updated since I think the most recent one I could find readily was from May of this year, and now it's December. <clears throat> However, I did not go through every entry. These are just the, the ones that pop up first. So you want to make sure your information is updated, accurate. Is it a source you trust? <clears throat> the other thing that's a little alarming is to find that there are certain varieties of vegetables that um, 
Monsanto slash Seminus own or seem to have the, you know, the title to. And maybe if you go to your local big box store, take that list with you or something. Actually, there was one website that suggested that. Just print that list out, take it, and when you're deciding whether to buy that variety or not, see if it's something that's controlled by the GMO interests. Um, you know, if it's not, you can, st you can, if it's a variety that you just love and you really want to plant and it's working great for you, then sometimes you just say, hey, I need to plant that even if I am putting some money in, in Monsanto's pocket. Or it could be that um, there are some, and, and we acknowledge this, that there are some people who are developing heirloom seeds, for example, that may be sharing the, the name of that variety with, and, and Monsanto's using it too. So you can't, this is not 100%, but it's just alarm bells maybe going off if you see a name that is you find recurring in um, the GMO-related companies' catalogs. The challenge of this came home to us this year because we are uh, active in the Central Alabama Master Gardeners group, and the there's been an enthusiasm for Totally Tomato that has raced through that organization. People are just real excited about what they're selling and the results they're getting from Totally Tomato. Well, we know Totally Tomato is one of the Monsanto companies. So we did we our research about that one. But you know what's interesting is we actually received, I think it's Totally Tomatoes, plural, okay. but that's okay. Uh, we received a catalog from them this year. And I wondered why, and I looked on the back, and it was it was addressed to Mr. Adrian Borden, our daughter. First our of all, they didn't realize that she wasn't a male, but secondly, I'm thinking, okay, no offense to her, but she's not the gardener in the family. She's not on gardening lists. I am. Why did they send it to her? Where did that come from? So there is that like d doubt in my mind of um, why did that come to our house and do I want to order from them? But I'm glad I got to look through it because there are a few other, they'd have peppers and other nightshades as well, but it's largely tomatoes and they have some gorgeous photographs of tomatoes, um, all different varieties. So um, never say never. I wouldn't say I would never order from them, but I'm trying to avoid it because I'd like to be assured that I can save my own seed into, you know, however long, how many ever generations I want to, and replant the following year, replant, and without anyone telling me um, that I'm not entitled to do that or having a death gene implanted. Now, I'm not saying that all gardening, I actually read on the Seminist site, their Q&A, that, um, oh, no, they have a special home gardening division where home gardeners are permitted to save their seeds and use them again. So, again, it's not an all or nothing thing. You just have to be smart do your own research. And I will confess that even we, every now and then, will go back and kiss the Medusa. We've ended up using some varieties that we knew were related to Monsanto just because we knew we couldn't get them anywhere else. Yes. And we wanted to try them. Right. And, and the other thing is, I do like to support my local feed and seed stores, not to mention the seeds are much, much more affordable to just walk into the Elmore County Co-op, Farmers Co-op, and buy whatever seeds they have in bulk and plant those. And I, I'm guilty of not asking questions. I didn't say, well, where'd these come from? But, um, you know, so it's, you, you, it's expensive 
to get these catalogs and then, or, well, the catalogs are free, but <laughs> they've got you, and then order and pay shipping on these seeds, that's much more expensive than buying bulk seeds from a supplier like that. So again, it's a balance. It's a balance between supporting local um, providers and also the e economic decision of how to do it. I'm, if I ever really become proficient at saving my own seed, I'm convinced that's the most economical way to do it. Not yeah. have to buy seed every season. Um, now, as we are buying seed, one of the things you're looking for is getting your edamame in the ground earlier this right. year. Right. That's uh, last year. I had a late garden that went in. We've talked about that, and um, I just just had to have a little edamame. Put it in, and it did great. But I only had two plants, and they and I planted them too close to the peas and beans that were the pole beans, and they just sort of overshadowed the poor little things. So um, this year, I want to have a much fuller um, want to panoply give them a chance of <laughs> to, to edamame. grow out in their own right. Yes. Uh, the spring peas, normally we would be talking about planting them in February or so, but you already have them in the ground. No, I don't. No, I have not planted them yet. Oh, I thought you planted them back in no, October. No, no, I have not. But, um, well, what I was doing in October, if you recall, actually November, was pulling the other peas, the field peas, dead vines up. That happened in November. And I've been waiting so I could plant the spring peas in the same place and therefore use make use of the trellis. So, sorry if I got your hopes up. So, what are you <laughs> waiting for? Uh, now, I'm waiting for a little bit warmer weather than what we've had. And I was sick last week, so that kind of went away we'll do the best we can well the anyone anyone who's been listening to the podcast any length of time knows that i was pretty much wiped out in the early spring too much rain they just didn't do well um by the time i did the second planting in jan in july they um did okay they grew the plants grew beautifully but then I lost a lot of tomatoes to between, I think, squirrels, something that was taking a nibble out of the fruit, and um, those tomato fruit worms that would get in there. And those things are awful. They got inside the tomatoes, and then just it, they just rot from the inside out. It was really gross to have to deal with. So I guess I will just try again in the spring, get them in the ground as early as I can, and um, interplant with basil and marigold, as I've done, to keep the hornworms down and keep an eye out um, and pray for not so much rain. But one thing we've talked about was the improvised wall of water, putting them in the ground even early, maybe a month earlier. By We're collecting Milo's sweet tea jugs just because we don't really drink a lot of soda, but we do have Milo's jugs and, and making um, designing that so we can have uh, you put water in them, and then the solar energy, the, the sun's heat, keeps that warm, and you plant your little tomato plant right down in, surrounded by, literally, it's like a wall of water. It's like a circle of uh, mediated temperature. And if you're interested in doing this, I actually found out about this from a friend of mine, John, but um, he uses the kind you just order online. You can actually just Google wall of water, and buy little plastic packets, and they're supposedly reusable. You fill those with water. But um, I also, in the process of doing that research, found that one can actually improvise with, uh, like I said, soda bottles or something else, plastic that you already own, 
and that would cut down on the cost. And we may actually end up doing what we had thought we would do last year. You know, we've had this idea of three summers, meaning a, <clears throat> an early spring spurt, the okra doldrums during which nothing really happens except the okra keeps growing, and then a fall rush when we do another round of heat-loving veg along with the fall vegetables. We did that part last year. Yes. That worked well. The, what, yeah, but the, we didn't get the spring spurt in because things were so cold. And, it was cold and wet. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about onions because we're uh, running out of time here. And, and I'd like to keep this short because yeah. I want to do a much more fleshed out version about the onions later. Uh, we've already told everybody that um, in previous podcasts that I was frustrated because I couldn't get the short day variety onions um, locally in the in the stores, the little transplants. Um, and so I just, in fact, I meant to tell you, I checked yesterday once again with my favorite uh, feed and seed store and they haven't had them. Um, so I ordered the onion seeds that are the proper, the short day variety for this area. Now, if someone's listening from outside Alabama or outside this area, this may not apply to, you know, your your zone of planting. But for us, what we need are short-day varieties. Like I said, we'll talk more about that. So okay. I ordered some, and I plan to start them from seed after Christmas. It's just really busy right now. Okay, so we will uh, make sure that we include some information about that in future podcasts. Right. So that's a little bit of, about where we are here in December. Uh, we always say the garden never closes, and it doesn't. Uh, but this is the time when we are doing our planning, and we invite you to join us as you do yours. Take care. Have a good week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.